Hi, everyone, and welcome to Frame and Flow, Creating, Connecting, and Neurodiversity, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of portrait photography, business management, and the unique perspectives of neurodivergent artists. I'm your host, Annalise Page. I almost said, I'm your host, Annalise Panelise, a portrait photographer with a TBI and ADHD, here to share my experiences, insights, and unconventional approaches to running a successful business. In today's episode, we are delving into the topic that's going to hit close to home for many of us, and it's basically rediscovering our identities after a traumatic brain injury or TBI. Remember, this episode is meant to provide support and insights, but it's also important to consult with medical professionals and experts for personalized guidance on your journey of recovery and rediscovery after a TBI. Okay, okay, okay. Let's jump right into this episode. Yeah. So after experiencing a brain injury, it's totally normal to go through a tough time grappling with your sense of self, especially when your abilities and your whole life take a turn. In today's chitty chat chat, um, we're going to be diving into rediscovering who you are and who we are after an injury. Um, but mostly, I'm going to, um, this would be a great episode to have people in your life, uh, if you have a TBI, to share with them so that they can understand what the heck is going on. A TBI can really turn your world upside down. It did for me, um, affecting not only your physical abilities, uh, but also like your sense of self. And TBIs can trigger a range of emotions and challenges, often leading to shifts in how we perceive ourselves. But first things first and second things second, let me tell you a quick story about my own TBI. I was in a car accident Christmas Eve Eve a million years ago, and I was headed to the airport in uh, Spokane. And the car that I was in, I was driving passenger, went for a competitive amount of somersaults after hitting some black ice. Thankfully, an emergency nurse, like an emergency room nurse, was the car behind me and called it in. And also, I was the only person injured in the car accident. So that's really cool. Um, I'm, I won't talk much about it because I feel like it's probably like really triggering. Um, but anyway, car accident was real nasty. Um, I had a variety of injuries, including like broken bones. Um, but why I'm here talking to you about TBIs is because that's where I got my traumatic brain injury. Um, I injured the parietal lobe of my brain. Um, I won't bore you uh, with like scientific details, but basically it was f terrifying. And uh, for a while after, like I kind of lost who I was. And, you know, I went to therapy. I'm doing good, guys. I'm in a good place, just want to say. But I used to be able to memorize other languages and songs and poems super quickly. Um, I was studying to be a an opera singer. Like I've been classically trained for since I was a kid. So I was able to like learn other languages and songs and poems just so easily. And and that's something that's been affected is my memory. My husband loves teasing me about this, by the way, and it's teasing with love. So after my car accident, I was scared of driving at first, uh, like full on panic attacks going back into the car. Um, I would reach for doorknobs and miss a few other things, you know, because like broken bones. And so once a month or maybe twice a month, I get a migraine. And I think that's just like par for the course. Can I make a golf joke? Par for the course of um, my TBI life. And thankfully, I surround my friends with myself. <laughs> thankfully, I surround myself with friends who are very understanding um, and give me the space I need to, you know, 
anti-migraine. My own TBI is a parietal lobe atrophy. And it's not the whole thing. Um, And I have this secret closeted fear that it's getting bigger all the time, but it's probably not. But anyway, I wanted to tell you that so that you knew the backstory. And I want to tell you about something I read on PubMed by Jenny Ponsford, who is the associate professor in neuropsychology in the Department of Psychology at Monash University in Australia. And they said this, traumatic brain injuries, the leading cause of disability in people under 40, severely disabling 150 to 200 people per million annually. Neuropsychiatric something outstrips the neurophysical, such as something, 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 as the major cause of disability. Aren't you glad that I can read words? Um, Problems with memory, attention, executive function, behavioral control, and regulation of mood associated with the injury to the brain. I said all that because I want you to know that if you have a TBI and you have a problem with memory, attention, executive function, behavioral control, and regulation of your mood. Hi, welcome to the club. You're not alone. I was recently talking with a friend a few weeks ago. Hey, it's 4.20 p.m. I was talking with some friends, um, or a friend a few weeks ago, and they had been in an accident and they have a TBI. They're still in the process of getting it all together. But I think that finding people to talk to who have also gone through the same thing you have gone through really puts a face to everything that you're dealing with and that you know that just like the Buddhists say, like your pain is not unique and you are not alone in this. And there are people who have struggled and are struggling alongside you. And if you need support, just reach out. Some of the things that people go through after they have a TBI is often that they kind of feel self-conscious about the effects of the injury And this kind of leads to a sense of grief stemming from unfulfilled dreams, maybe, um, or maybe experiencing negative emotions from other people because they're not understanding what you're going through, and possibly also due to a lack of understanding regarding the lasting impact of head injuries. Um, And it's a difficult thing to experience that you're not able to do the thing so easily that you once used to be able to do. And each person with a TBI has a unique experience in the healing, in healing, like physically, of course, and, and like emotionally. Uh, but here are some of the things that a lot of TBI survivors face. Uh, verbal and physical outbursts, uh, poor judgment, uh, a lack of inhibition, or a lack of inhibition, disinhibition, <laughs> you know, you name it. It's, it's a whole experience. And with the right support and patience, um, like to be patient, not to be uh, at the doctor's office, people with TBIs uh, can acquire strategies to regain a sense of control over their emotions and actions. Um, And it also helps with healing the brain. There's a lot of words. uh, There is a word called neuroplasticity. And I don't know if it's like a medical word, but basically from what I understand, it means the brain's ability to rewire itself. And our brain is always growing. What do they say? You're either growing or you're dying. I think that was a a quote from a movie we watched recently. But anyway, so with the right support, uh, people with TBIs can acquire strategies to regain a sense of control over their emotions and actions. And here are some practical recommendations from me with a TBI to you, person who's listening. I love you, by the way. If you're listening to this, I just want you to know I love you. So thing you can do, number one, open up to your circle. Like, make sure that your friends and family uh, and your colleagues are aware of the challenges with your brain. Um, Ask for their assistance and ask for their encouragement, and they can help you uh, 
and or rather you can help you if you can just identify your triggers like know thyself be aware yeah it can help you share your feelings with someone close to you sharing your concerns with friends or family members can alleviate the weight that you're probably carrying around just talking about it like getting it off your chest um, and know that in the state of Washington, uh, there are many therapists who are available, some even for free. I'm just saying, like, people are there to listen. Communicating your boundaries, letting people around you know when you need time to yourself, when you're feeling completely overwhelmed, um, and that they can totally talk to you after you've had a chance to just chill. Another important one, at least for me right now to share with you is to avoid your triggers. Uh, so stay clear of people and places or situations that elicit these huge outbursts of reactions or the things that make you depresso espresso. My kid told me that quote the other day and it's been like dinging around in my head. Um, I avoid driving in winter whenever I can. If the road is snowy or icy, like I just, you're not going to find me driving. I outsource that to my husband. Um, as often as I can. But I also realize that not all of us have a papa bear who can drive them around and be their wintertime chauffeur. So um, maybe ask your friends if they feel comfortable driving you around or whatever that is that they can do to help you avoid that trigger. I bet they want to help you. You can also connect with other people. Um, consider joining a support group or seeking a peer mentor who understands the journey that you're on right now. And conversations with people who have faced similar challenges can be so beneficial. Like knowing that you're not alone in your struggle is huge, which is why I'm even making this podcast in the first place. So I just want to say like you are not alone. If you have a TBI, I know it sucks. I know firsthand that it sucks. Um, but we can figure it out together, dude. We got this. Another thing that has really helped me regulate my emotions, which, you know, I'm saying this like, I'm sorry that I have to give this advice, but like it's the advice that helps me the most, exercise. Gosh, isn't that annoying? Sorry, guys. Um, regular exercise not only benefits your body, but also soothes your mind. I swear to the gobs, like when I regularly exercise, for some reason, my brain is more clearly, clearly and braining, and it's fantastic with the exception of that last sentence, but you know what I meant. Um, another thing is to explore mindfulness or meditation. Personally, um, I like to listen to the guided meditations that I find uh, from Deepak Chopra, but I realize that he's not everyone's cup of tea. So you find a guided meditation that works for you. Give it a try. Like what's the worst that could happen? You relax and you feel great. Uh, being mindful is so important, especially in healing. And I also want to talk about how we can rewire our brains um, and this is a thing I also found on PubMed, um, published by Simon Fleminger. Simon Fleminger, you have a great name, I just want to say. But anyway, here are some ways that you can re help rewire your brain. And whenever I picture this, I picture little tiny penguins in my brain, like who are electrical engineers and who are like re, who are taking my brain synapse and like reconnecting it and finding a way around my atrophy. Um, okay, number one, video games. There, I said it. Yep, you read that right. Um, video games. It's this hobby. Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> um, benefits associated with gaming include um, improvements in your motor coordination, visual recognition, spatial navigation, memory and reaction time, uh, reasoning, decision-making, problem-solving skills, resilience, cooperation, and team participation. Um, I don't play team games because, you know, I just don't do that. Um, but, you know, I am a human, so everything is teamwork. 
So in short, like when you're playing video games, you're teaching your brain new skills. Maybe it'll carry with you forever. Who knows? You can also try different kinds of games. Uh, if you don't like video games, that's cool. You want to be screen free, uh, put together a puzzle or like write a rhyming game or learn a dance or, uh, you know, whatever you got to do that can help improve your visuospatial memory and attention. Learning a new language. You got Duolingo. That's cool. And earlier I had mentioned that I'm really kind of disappointed that I really struggle with learning a new language. Um, I can quote you beautiful uh, French Italian poetry from the long, long ago's, but won't be able to tell you uh, what I watched yesterday or how my uh, Duolingo Japanese lesson went because I have to retake them because I forgot. Um, but you know, every every little thing helps. And um, if you want to increase your brain synapse, try learning another language. Duolingo is free, man. You just got to put up with ads. I'm just saying it's worth it because the gray matter in your brain is, uh, according to science, is responsible, you're welcome, for language, attention, memory, emotions, and motor skills. You know, one day, maybe I'll be bilingual. Maybe it'll happen. But learning a language at any stage of life can really help slow down the future decline of your brain. Also, in a 2012 study, they found evidence to support the idea that picking up a new language increases gray matter density and neuroplasticity, so that's dopish. Another way that you can benefit your brain is music. Listen to it. Make some. It improves your mood, your ability to remember new information, and concentration and focus. And let me tell you, there is a Spotify uh, genre called Focus. And if you click on Focus and then it opens up other subgenres, and I like to listen to the one called Deep Focus when I edit. And I'm pretty sure that it has uh, theta waves. Is that correct? Um, it's a certain sound that like gives you better audio and visual perception, greater focus and attention, better memory, better coordination. For some reason, it makes it to where I don't – I mean, if I'm being honest, hold on. If I'm being honest, I have a hard time with uh, time anyway – but sometimes if I can just tune out the world, I can hyper-focus on my editing that I have to do, and it helps me get those, like, repetitive tasks done faster. Also, if you enjoy travel, uh, here's one more reason to get out and explore something new. Uh, travel may help enhance cognitive flexibility, inspire you, and enhance your creativity. Experiencing new scenery and surroundings can also help you learn about different cultures and help you become a better communicator, both of which have additional cognitive benefits and let me just tell you, it's not like going backpacking in Europe. I mean, you can if you want to. But just visiting new places can also help broaden your general worldview, which helps open your mind and gives you new perspective on things. Um, somewhere new could be a trail you've never gone down, um, a place that you've always wanted to go, but you haven't gotten to go yet. Like even if it's around town, like even if you're in Walla Walla, like take a trail on at Bennington Lake, like go, take your dog on a walk, take a long walk through a new neighborhood, do your grocery shopping in another store, go for a hike with a friend or a dog or me, someone take me on a hike. Someone take me on a hike, please. I just want to say I want to go on a hike. Okay. But like not, man, but not like too hard. <laughs> um, you can also do virtual travel. So, like, you get on Google Earth and you just, like, go on a walking tour by zooming in, you know. Um, and then I know I said it again. And I'm sorry I'm going to say this, like, forever, but exercise. And most people recognize, I think you know this, I think you know, that recognize that exercise offers so many physical benefits. I mean, sure, you get stronger muscles. Sure, you have improved fitness and health. Sure, you have better sleep. But also, according to a literature review from 2018, um, 
you know, another PubMed. Thanks, PubMed. Exercise helps improve fine motor coordination and brain connectivity and may also pr- uh, protect you against cognitive decline. So that's dope as You want to try some other thing to rewire your brain? Make art, my dude. Make art. Or be a photographer. Or just have fun. Um, creating art can help you see the world in new and unique ways. And that helps us get deeper insight on our personal struggles, but also directly benefits your brain by enhancing creativity and improving cognitive abilities. Artistic pursuits like photography can also help create new pathways and strengthen existing connections in your brain, leading to better overall cognitive function. But wait, Annalise, I don't have any artistic experience, you say. Well, no problem. Like many skills, artistic abilities often improve with time and practice. I'm sorry, you probably won't be great at it the first time around, but uh, there's classes. And anything you can learn, I bet you can learn for free on the internet. Uh, YouTube offers so many painting tutorials. Put on some PBS, watch some Bob Ross, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, Our local library actually has a lot of books on drawing and sketching. And um, they're they're available at any skill level. The last thing I'm going to share with you on ways that you can rewire your brain is embrace unfocusing. Even something simple as freehand doodling can offer your brain benefits by activating your brain's default mode network, which allows your brain to briefly unfocus. Um, This occasional mental downtime directly relates to neuroplasticity. Um, Letting your brain rest can improve creativity, interrupt unwanted habits, help you find a new solution. solution. (laughs) You're welcome. Helping you find new solutions to problems. So next time you find yourself waiting on something with empty hands, pick up a pen and start doodling. And just free doodle. Do it with your non-dominant hand. You know, just you got to do what you got to do. And at any point, At any given point in your life, your brain can change. Even if you've had a TBI or if you have a TBI now, you can improve your life. And with some time and patience, eventually, maybe you'll be able to completely rewire your brain. I like to think that every time I do something for my brain as a positive boost, I get like like a bloop, 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 bloop. Like, um, oh, you know when, when Mario gets the mushroom and he turns bigger? That's what I imagine happens when I do nice things for my brain. My brain goes bloop, 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 and then a little bit of my parietal lobe atrophy decreases. I mean, scientifically, that's not true, but it does good things for my brain to think about it that way, so you're welcome. Just wanted to say that, again, these suggestions are designed to empower you on your path to managing your emotional highs and lows after a TBI, and each person's journey is unique, so adapt these tips to your personal needs and circumstances. If you have enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Frame and Flow on your favorite podcast platform. Do you have a topic that you're excited to learn more about? Send me an email with your idea to goodvibes at annaliesepage.com. Stay tuned for more inspiring conversations and insights into the world of photography, business management, and the power of neurodiversity. Thanks for tuning in to Frame and Flow, creating, connecting, and neurodiversity. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep creating, and keep embracing your unique journey. Okay, love you. Bye.